Chapter Six of the Young Pretenders by Edith Henrietta Fowler. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Six, Ronald's visit. Teddy and Babs were in a state of great excitement, for Aunt Eleanor had just been into the nursery to say that an uncle of theirs, whom they had never seen, was coming to spend a few days at Onslow Square and would bring with him his little boy, who was just six years old. I'm so glad he's not seven! Exclaimed Babs. "'Cause being six makes him equally between us.' Six is rather little,' said Teddy loftily from his superior standard of seven. "'Oh, no, Teddy, it's just a splendid age,' persisted Babs eagerly. "'What fun we shall have!' And the best of it all was this. Uncle Charlie said Miss Grimston should take a little holiday so that Teddy and Babs could play with their cousin Ronald all the time a long while before ronald and his father could possibly arrive teddy and bab stationed themselves at the nursery window while nana held on to them behind to prevent them in their eagerness from overbalancing themselves it was quite a treat being allowed to look out of an open window at all and babs thoroughly appreciated it look teddy isn't it fun seeing into the open carriages that lady has a red book on the seat opposite and that gentleman is crying it's dust in his eye i expect suggested teddy and oh look nana that old lady is speaking to the footman do you think she's asking him if the horses are tired or which is the way home oh i wish we could hear and there's a nice handsome walking and the driver has a newspaper open what he's reading at the top i never knew drivers read while they was driving hansoms but it makes a lovely table i'd like to be a handsome driver all cept the readin i don't like readin how funny things look from up here i specs angels see like we do now from right up so high i'm so sighted bout ronald he's sure to be nice and play with me too isn't he teddy yes indeed miss babs dear interrupted nurse you must all three play together nicely i won't have the boys leaving you alone you won't want to will you teddy asked babs wistfully there's a cab with luggage perhaps that's ronald suggested teddy who did not wish to make any rash promises the excitement of the cab even though it did not pull up at the door quite diverted babs until she caught sight of her uncle who had just come out of the house look she cried there's uncle charlie he's speaking to william and he's rather cross i think now william has run back into the house for something and uncle charlie's tapping his stick in a hurry oh it's cigarettes i spect those were the ones that william meant to smoke himself only uncle charlie will have them poor william oh look there's another cab and it's stopping here oh she screamed it must be ronald can we go down now nana or must we wait till aunt eleanor sends up she will send directly lovey let me brush your hair and wash your hands and take off your pinafore already when teddy and babs were ushered into the drawing-room they saw a tall gentleman and a little thin dark boy dressed in a kilt who had such a bright laughing face that babs smiled too and said i likes you ronald and what a funny little short thick frock you have got on that's my kilt i'm a scotchman you see what's inside the rabbit asked babs stroking ronald's sporran while teddy was talking to aunt eleanor and his new uncle jack oh daddy cried ronald she calls my sporran a rabbit isn't she funny 
babs never minded being laughed at she was such a merry little soul that she always laughed too and everything was pleasant it was different with teddy he hated anyone to laugh at him but herein the little boy and girl were not very unlike big ones nursery tea that night was delightful ronald was such a dear jolly little fellow and so full of excitement about coming to london i have got to see everything in london in one week he told babs between his mouthfuls of bread and jam and daddy has promised to take us all to the zoo his own self us too screamed babs in ecstasies at the thought yes of course and to see the river we've seen the river said teddy yes there is such funny boats on it what puts their spouts down added babs too i want to hear all the bells we sing about that say things what things asked the little girl oh don't you know oranges and lemons says the bells of st clement's i owe you five farthings says the bells of st martin's chimed in babs i never thought somehow they was real bells of course they are said ronald what day is to-day monday answered teddy and we go home on saturday that makes it very awkward cause i spec they only ring on sundays i never heard them said teddy i don't think oranges and lemons would be kite sunday things to say it's a weekday game you see observed babs what a bother said ronald i'll ask daddy he'll know all about it will he understand asked babs a little anxiously understand of course he will he always understands things i ask him all fathers do do they exclaimed babs brightening up again we didn't know our father and mother are in india said teddy i've only got a father said ronald you're better off than me i think it's better to have only a father in london than a father and mother in india was babs opinion the next day uncle jack proposed a visit to the zoo and he and uncle charlie said they would take the children off by themselves which plan delighted aunt eleanor who was full of other engagements of her own william was told to whistle two hansoms and the children capered about in wild excitement at the prospect even of the drive who will come with me said uncle jack i will daddy shouted ronald and i echoed teddy and babs in one breath won't anybody come with me said uncle charlie babs face flushed she wanted dreadfully to ride with ronny but yet her loyalty to uncle charlie interfered both uncles saw the struggle but uncle jack lifted ronald and teddy into the first hansom and then turned to do the same for babs uncle charlie stood alone behind i think i'll go with you said babs suddenly turning towards him else you might be rather lonely yes i might said uncle charlie stroking her hair more tenderly than he had ever done before he was rather touched by the baby bit of self-sacrifice for his sake so the cab started and uncle charlie kept looking down at the child beside him with a new interest how absurd to be pleased by such a little thing he thought to himself but a child's affection is not a little thing only captain conway did not know this i's glad i comed with you said babs presently why asked uncle charlie cause you're my own uncle so is uncle jack captain conway had forgotten that major bruce was only related by marriage anyhow babs was quite ignorant of such a distinction i think you are more owner she decided after a little deliberation 
what makes you think that well you see uncle jack's got ronnie for his own little boy and you've got me she added triumphantly so i must be more yours she is really rather nice thought uncle charlie but aloud he said and who does teddy belong to aunt eleanor in course and don't you belong to aunt eleanor too oh no said babs simply aunt eleanor only likes to have pretty little girls but if ronnie is uncle jack's and teddy is aunt eleanor's i must be yours and who belongs to your father and mother continued uncle charlie oh father and mother in india haven't got no children look look she screamed we're passing ronnie's cab and the waving of hands and hats became so enthusiastic that it was a wonder none of the three children tumbled out uncle charlie and babs arrived first and stood waiting for the others in getting out of his cab uncle jack nearly knocked his hat off which was looked upon as an exquisite joke by the children ronald shouted with laughter and the others took their cue from him uncle jack's not a bit like you is he uncle charlie said babs cause when things mess your hats you get very cross but in course you have to cause your hats is all so delicate mine is pretty strong said uncle jack smiling it looks older than uncle charlie's perhaps that's what makes it stronger suggested babs the lions and tigers is all shut up tight isn't they asked the little girl somewhat anxiously as they entered the zoological gardens oh yes of course and inside very thick iron bars her uncles assured her it was all very exciting for none of the children had ever seen any wild animals before and it was as if their best picture books had suddenly come to life the elephant rather staggered babs as she looked up and saw the line of his back against the sky he seemed to her about the size of the imperial institute or westminster abbey they loved the monkeys very dearly and shrieked with laughter when those quaint sad-faced little creatures performed their accustomed antics babs thought it would be delightful to have a little monkey of her own instead of her best doll the camels is like a sunday picture she exclaimed as she saw them walking across the garden but the thing that delighted the children most of all was a tiny wild mouse which had crept into one of the cages to feed on the bits of grain it was not part of the entertainment at all but it appealed more to the child mind than any of the captured animals they rushed to bring their uncles who were enjoying their cigars outside to see the wonderful mouse and when at last it scuttled away loud were their lamentations what a darling mouse it was cried babs i would have liked it awfully to take home and put in a cage said ronald and i should chimed in teddy babs held uncle charlie's hand very tightly in the lion house but teddy and ronald rushed about and shrieked shoo in their shrill little voices right under the big lion's nose but he was thinking about africa and looked beyond the children in doing so just as we do when we are not thinking about the people who are speaking to us the tigers are like enormous great wicked tabby cats babs thought and though she did not like to own it they frightened her rather teddy waxed very brave about tigers having regard to the thick iron bars they look savage he told ronald and babs but you can frighten them if you look them in the face if i met a tiger i should stand staring right into his eyes and then he wouldn't touch me i read about it in a book i should run away as fast as i could and shut my eyes tight said truthful babs oh you silly 
exclaimed Teddy scornfully. Then you'd get eaten. You should look him in the face like I should. Just then Teddy turned down a pathway alone to explore, while Ronald ran back to ask his father something, and Babs went with him. A minute later the boy who would have faced a tiger rushed out for his very life with the terrier yelping at his heels. It required Uncle Jack's prompt assistance to drive away the dog and soothe Teddy's sudden fright. "'Why didn't you stand still and look him in the face?' asked his uncle when calm was restored. Teddy's cheeks grew very pink, but Babs came to the rescue. "'Dogs is different, I spect,' she said loyally. "'And in course it's no use standing still to be bit.' "'Of course not,' said Uncle Jack pleasantly. "'Let's go and buy some buns. I dare say you are all hungry.' The buns were a charming diversion, and Babs would insist on leaving a few crumbs from hers in different places, in case that dear mouse came back. Another day of Ronald's visit was filled with a still greater excitement. Uncle Jack's father and mother lived in a house past which a royal procession was going, and the Queen herself on her way to open some great public building. And the three children were invited to come and spend the day with Lady Bruce and see the show from there. Aunt Eleanor went, too, and to the children's sorrow laid down the law that three of them were really too many to be on the balcony crowding out other guests. So Babs was sent upstairs to see from an upper window, and Teddy was allowed to remain with Ronald on the drawing-room balcony. Poor Babs felt just a little lonely when she found herself separated from the boys, and it would not be nearly so interesting to see the Queen now Ronald was not beside her for Babs and Ronald had been talking a good deal about the Queen and the part she would take in the procession, and they had at length arrived at the conclusion that she would be seated on the top of a gilt carriage with a rose-coloured dress and a helmet on her head. "'And a hay-fork,' added Babs. "'But that was Britannia, I think,' said Ronald doubtfully. "'Wasn't Britannia a Queen?' asked Babs. "'Oh, yes. She rules the waves, you know.' "'Well,' queens is all alike argued babs triumphantly and ronald did not feel quite equal to gainsaying this statement and now teddy would have all the fun with ronald and babs felt banished indeed i wish my hair was golden or something she thought to herself sadly and then aunt eleanor would like me to be downstairs but she doesn't know when there's visitors fortunately sir john bruce's coachman's wife and two children one of whom was quite a baby were also in the room upstairs and babs found much consolation in kissing the baby and taking to the funny little muse boy who touched his forehead when he spoke and called her miss just like a real big live groom father's carriage has gone to the show and taken the master along of it he told babs is uncle jack's father the master she asked with interest ay that's it sir john and milady we cause your uncle mr jack tommy tommy said his mother a sweet pale-faced young woman who looked as if fresh air rarely blew through london mews don't forget your manners and mind you say miss to the little lady yes miss said tommy instantly hitting his forehead with his forefinger my we ad a busy die yesterday a gettin the carriage already miss babs looked out of the window for a little but she could not take it all in a big pageant is beyond the child mind one regiment of soldiers or a village funeral is as much of the processional as they can grasp at once so babs returned to tommy and the baby my there's some horses was tommy's comment every now and then 
but babs was quite happy sitting up on the bed and stroking the coachman's baby's funny little downy head and inducing it to utter a gurgling laugh by playing bo-peep with it under the counterpane a row of housemaids filled up the window and they had an excellent view of everything but downstairs teddy and ronald were enjoying the gay scene much more thoroughly ronald who lived with his father's regiment was a great authority on uniforms and he was able to tell the admiring teddy the military standing of almost all the members of the procession occasionally teddy baffled his real knowledge but ronnie was a sharp little fellow and put down doubtful ones as lord lieutenants which effectively silenced his cousin as the time when the queen was expected drew near the little boys got ready to wave both hats and handkerchiefs it's lucky i had a clean pocket handkerchief this morning said ronald cause it would never have done to have waved a dirty one at the queen i didn't see the crown exclaimed teddy afterwards i was so busy shouting and waving that i didn't see anything said ronald candidly but it was splendid wasn't it and then there came luncheon and uncle jack fetched bath downstairs and the children had a dear little dinner all to themselves in a back room over which there was no superintendence and they could eat just what they liked it was a splendid plan us having dinner in a different room to you said babs on their way home in the carriage we did joy it so very much her uncles both laughed i expect you will all be ill to-morrow observed aunt eleanor don't you like having dinner with us uncle charlie asked her she was sitting on his knee because the carriage was so full and somehow since that drive to the zoo uncle charlie and babs had begun to be friends i'd like to have dinner with you but i'll whisper the rest she added cautiously and put her mouth close to his ear what with the noise of the carriage and the roar of the streets her uncle could not hear a word that she said but babs tickled his ear so much that he was obliged to rub it this was a great joke to the little girl she went off in peals of laughter and of course wanted to whisper again just for the fun of the thing but aunt eleanor interfered for goodness sake charlie don't encourage the child so you make her so silly and then the grown-ups began to talk dull talk and the children were left to themselves what did you think of the queen ronnie asked babs that night i did not see her answered ronald what did you i didn't see her cause the maids was all in the window and i was playing on the bed with the dearest little baby what was the coachman's i looked so hard that i saw nothing teddy owned but for long afterwards the children talked of the great procession and boasted of that day when they saw the queen then too ronald's visit made the every day so nice he invented such lovely games to play in kensington gardens and they were always games in which babs was wanted i like babs to play said ronald to teddy she makes things so jolly and laughety ronald generally preferred to be either a soldier or a horse and it was delightful galloping up queen's gate on a blazing hot july morning and pretending they were the three horses of a gun carriage on the friday uncle jack went with them to the gardens instead of nana and that made it much more of a treat let's have our usual battle said ronald when his father was safely settled on a chair in the shade a large piece of paper out of teddy's pocket was torn up into six portions and screwed up tight by the children to make cannon-balls ronald of course personated the scotch army teddy the english and babs for some occult reason was the chinese they charged at each other from behind three trees and for a moment the firing was brisk till loss of ammunition caused teddy to shout 
the battle must stop while everybody gets their own two cannon balls again and then it was renewed with vigour till uncle jack suggested that the children really must sit down and get cool i know what we'll do babs said ronald you take the one end of this long piece of grass in your mouth and i'll take the other and we'll num num till we meet in the middle this proved a most successful form of entertainment i can num num faster than you ronny said babs triumphantly no you can't answered ronald let's have a race suggested teddy with each a piece of grass and see who num nums it up first it took quite a long time selecting three pieces of grass and then major bruce was called upon to cut the ends equal with his penknife and to give the word for starting they nibbled away like three young rabbits and babs finished first to her great delight ronald came in second and teddy immediately lost his interest in the game i don't like eating grass he said but it was being beaten that teddy did not like whoa whoa steady now shouted ronald suddenly leaping into the air look daddy i'm a horse yes so i see two i'm a piebald horse no ronny you're not said his father teasingly daddy i think i'm rather a piebald horse well whatever you are you must not run any more you will be so hot and tired and you are all going to a party this afternoon remember oh yes screamed babs let me sit by you ronny will it be a dancing party asked teddy i do hate dancing parties i love them exclaimed babs enthusiastically but i've only been to one i like eating parties best observed ronald and games and things just between the eating his father laughed you young glutton he said i'm ashamed of you i wish you was stopping past sunday said babs presently to ronald and then you could have gone with us to church but i don't like church in london as well as at cloverdale why not asked uncle jack oh cause i don't know about all the people it's so sighting at home when mrs forrester has a new sunday bonnet or when one of the farmers families goes into mourning and specially when one of the school children is hit and sides i can't understand all what they sing in london but at home i can guess pretty well about the amens and things do you have bible lessons asked ronald rather exclaimed teddy horrid ones chimed in babs from miss grimston all about adam and eve you know that ate the apple continued teddy as if quoting a piece from the house that jack built and was turned out of the square added babs you have soon become a little londoner said her uncle smiling i wish i wasn't said the child cause the country was my favourite but i rather forget bout it now it's such hundreds of weeks since we left cloverdale about eight i suppose said uncle jack but the children had rushed off suddenly in pursuit of a wandering pigeon and two months is really a very long time to a little child the party that afternoon was quite a big one with a long table set out in the dining-room for tea and conjuring afterwards in the drawing-room but children's parties indoors are rather a mistake the boys all hung round the door as if they would not quite let go the way of escape and the girls stared at each other chiefly without speaking at all when they went to see the conjuring the shutters were closed and the room so dark that several of the smaller children wept and had to be taken out and comforted it was all very wonderful of course 
but no more so to the children than many of the commonplace wonders with which every day is filled they laughed when the conjurer pulled yards of ribbon out of his mouth and shrieked with delight when he found a live rabbit inside a little boy's pocket but it was the appearance of the rabbit which appealed to the youthful audience not the little boy's face that was only appreciated by one or two grown-ups a live rabbit in a drawing-room no wonder the children were enchanted and they would have been equally so if a wild mouse had run into the room or a common cat jumped through the window oh daddy screamed ronald when they reached home the man got a real rabbit and showed it to us it was in a boy's pocket you know it had lovely lop ears chimed in babs and minded me so much of dear spotty i expect the boy did not mean us to know about the rabbit at all said teddy for he seemed quite vexed looking when the man brought it out i shall put one in my pocket when i get home and there was a lion at the party uncle jack continued babs it sat just in front of me a what asked major bruce surprised a lion answered babs calmly as if lions were the most customary guests at children's parties i saw in the darkness its mane coming over the chair i sat behind it wasn't a lion interrupted teddy scornfully it was a little girl with very thick yellow hair all loose oh i thought it was a lion said babs simply and ronny did we wondered if it belonged to the man or to mrs webb what gave the party i thought it had come perhaps with the boy that had brought the rabbit chimed in ronald i did not like the boy what sat beside you ronny said babs solemnly he had such a cross face too he was a rude boy he said it was a nasty tea daddy but it wasn't really uncle jack exclaimed the little girl eagerly there was only two plates of bread and butter with nine pieces on each and all the rest was cakes you wouldn't any of you say such a rude thing as that the tea was nasty would you asked major bruce oh no said the children in chorus and then babs added if it was i might just say so to myself or think it in my mind but i would never speak it out loud that is right said her uncle smiling the following day was a very doleful one for teddy and babs uncle jack and ronald went away good-bye ronny i wish you wasn't going said babs with a little sob in her voice and her big eyes brimming with tears ronald had been watching his father very carefully in the hall so as he said good-bye to babs on the doorstep he slipped something into her hand i tipped babs my only sixpence daddy he explained to his father on the journey like you did william and parker and you know i like babs almost as much as if she was a boy yes she is a dear little girl ronny aunt eleanor likes teddy better than babs daddy but i think uncle charlie likes babs the best do you oh i'm so glad cause that makes it quite fair you see End of chapter six